Remember that time we watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? You mean the incredible 2014 indie western vampire film thing? Yes, it is a lot of things tied into one, and we're going to talk about it, we're going to deconstruct it, we're going to analyze it just like we do all the time. It's like Full Metal Alchemist over here. Exactly. So I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes, and we're here to talk about A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes. A title that by name elicits so much fear and anxiety. <laughs> um, but it's not what you think, so we're going we're gonna to discuss it. Um, we're going to go with a normal format here today, and if you're new here, what that means is Topher's going to take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, etc., and then I'll take us through the plot, and then we'll dive into that said plot and talk about kind of the themes and, you know, just do a deeper analysis of the film. So mm-hmm. without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Not John Carpenter. Correct. Mm. Not Sam Raimi. Correct. This is a different director. I don't think we've ever covered anything that she's done. We have not. And I am going to watch everything she's ever made now. I have seen the short that inspired this. Oh, I have not <clears throat> or the, seen it. the short that was done as a proof of concept for this. Cool. I've not seen that. very good. Um, it's like five minutes long. It's fantastic. Nice. Uh, but without further ado, her name uh, of the sorry the name of the writer and director here is Anna Lily Amirpur. She is so dope. I mean, I'm always here for a woman directing a horror film. Yeah, like we we've talked about this where. I've I've heard too many opinions <laughs> coming from men about the genre and to inform the genre that like when a, I'm that is one thing one way to sell a horror film to me like oh it was written and directed by a woman I'm like perfect already great. on board yeah great already on board we've covered Karen Kusama a few times on here have we covered and yeah we, did we cover XX. We did, yeah. Yeah, we did we, cover Almost XX. a year yeah. ago, because it was during, like, quote-unquote lockdown. Yeah. That was, yeah, we did cover XX. We've watched it so many times that I'm just like, I can't remember if we directed it or not. Or uh, covered it or not. Yes, we, we did directed not direct it. it. We did not direct <laughs> it. Yes, sorry. That'd be sick, but yeah, um, no. We yeah, that was one of our Karen Kusamas. Mm-hmm. And we did Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. And we did something else. but Oh, The Invitation, yeah. Yeah, we've done we've done plenty, but it's you know it's always, never enough. I always feel bad that she's not going to get her own dedicated month for a while. It'll take because like we've years. just we've covered, covered all of her shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Eventually, I mean, yeah. hopefully she continues to make films. I can't believe that she wouldn't. Yeah. So yeah, um, Anna Lily Amrapour wrote this and directed it. Um, this is her debut feature. Yeah. Or sorry, yes, yes, it mm-hmm. is. Sorry, um, Bad Batch was her second one. I just had those flipped in my head. Mm-hmm. But. She had done a bunch of shorts before this. Most notably, she had worked twice with the star of this film, Sheila mm-hmm. Vaughn, who we've also covered on this podcast before because she was uh, one of the actors in St. Vincent's mm-hmm. short in XX. Yeah. She kind of plays the St. Vincent-esque character in that. Yes. Yeah. She's got 
big Annie, uh, Annie Clark vibes. Yes. In that. Totally a stand-in for that there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love her so much. Now, I'm just like, I'm going to watch every single thing you've ever done. I loved everyone in this movie. I thought mm-hmm. that, I mean, and we'll talk about this later because there there is dialogue, but there's not like a strong narrative in this movie. So a lot of the kind of silent atmospheric moments like applause to the direction and the actors. Like the actors in this are incredible. Yeah, I mean they very much are. No, no question. Yeah, um, it was all written actually with each of these actors in mind. There was no casting. You can tell. Yeah, you can tell. Like it's um, beautifully done. Yeah, um, and she goes by Lily, uh, as I found out watching a really great Vice interview that I'm going to link in the yeah. footnotes of this episode. So Lily Amapur, she. Yeah, she. I mean, she and Sheila Vaughn have been friends for years, apparently, nice. since like 2009. Mm-hmm. And they, I was, it was really cute watching the interview with the two of them because mm-hmm. um, they're like, you can just tell they're very comfortable with each other, and they just really wanted to work together. And that's great. That creates a really great atmosphere on set. It's, yeah, it's you know, that's why a lot of people hire their friends, you yeah. know, because you already have that rapport and you kind of feel like you can maybe get more done mm-hmm. because you just already have that. Um, relationship established. You've already you. solved problems together before in some way or form. So, so you you're know like, how each exactly. other works. And yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So yeah, Sheila Vaughn plays uh, the girl, mm-hmm. our uh, eponymous sort of character here, also referred to as um, the Chador, mm-hmm. uh, which is the garment she wears. Arash Morandi as Arash. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is our very sexy James Dean man. Guys, <laughs> when I tell you, I just, whenever he was on screen, I couldn't look away. He's so hot. It, yeah, like, it's, it's sickening how hot I'm, he is. I'm, I'm going to have to refrain from like talking about him the whole time because Jesus <laughs> Christ. Is there, is there a hotter person? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm willing to give that up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, no, I'm right <laughs> there with you. I am right there with you. He is so hot. I also should say that all of the actors in this are Iranian. Yes. Uh, just out, out the gate, everybody in this is Iranian. Mm-hmm. So then we have one of my favorite bit actors, kind of character, but mostly plays bit parts. Uh, Marshall Manesh mm-hmm. as the father, Hossein. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've seen him in tons of, tons of things. So you would probably know him best. He played uh, the driver... In uh-huh. How I Met Your Mother. Yes. The, the recurring character. Yes. I know him from a little movie you may have heard of called Kazam. Oh, yeah. He was in that. Yeah. I oh, have that's one I been, need to rewatch. Yeah. Well, it's not good. Oh, but it's good in that sense of like. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's fun. It's fun. It's dumb. Yeah. I watch a lot of fun, dumb stuff. So. That's true. I'm not above it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they all have. In a very sort of like Tarantino esque way, when in the uh, in like their credit listing, mm-hmm. they're listed as their name, but also they have like a um, uh, epithet, right? That's what that's called, right? Or what's the thing that like Homer did in the Iliad a bunch, and uh, uh, what's his name did in the Odyssey a bunch, where it's like. Ajax, the shield, something, something. Like it, it's like a that phrase that follows you. Oh, it's like okay, it's like a nickname, yeah. but it's like kind of like what you like what your main your thing item is. Or yeah, it could be an item. What your big be, deal is? Yeah. It's not epithet. It's something like that, though. 
No, it is epitaph. Epitaph is what I always confuse it with. Yeah, it's epitaph is what goes on a gravestone. Yeah, <laughs> epitaph is what I, I. I was right. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm yeah. very smart. <laughs> yes, you are. Because I was, I was blanking. I know what you're talking about because I've read both the Odyssey and Iliad and yeah. everything. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I just didn't really think about why it was there. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, it was Homer who wrote the Odyssey, not. Anyway, I'm, I'm only smart sometimes. Well, we have a lot of names floating around our heads, so yeah. I think you can you deserve a pass. <laughs> and I've had more than a few head injuries. Fair. Um, so yeah, he's referred to as the junkie in the credits. Um, yeah. Uh, that's Arash's father, or Arash's mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. Um, Hossein the junkie, yeah. Mojan Marano as Addie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the prostitute. Yeah. Um, and I'm, again, only using that because that is how she's referred to, not as like, uh, we usually use sex worker. Um yeah, yeah, I think there's um, strong language like that in here for for somewhat of a reason because there's also um, um, Saeed is considered a drug dealer pimp. Yeah, which is also not really a phrase that we would use. Yeah, it's a little dated. Yeah, yeah but I, I think I, I would I would have to assume if these words that didn't need to be tagged onto the character's name are there, then then they were carefully chosen for a reason. Yeah, you can tell so, just through every moment of this. Um, in, in that interview I was watching, Sheila Vaughn called uh, Lily Amapur a precise director, and yeah. I buy that. Like, yeah, this totally. Is like, it's all calculated. This it's is all... Carpenter levels. Yeah, so, I, so I, I will say what is in, what is there by Lily, even though it's not something that you and I necessarily would say, like we would say sex worker or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Um, Yeah, we wouldn't call someone a junkie either. No, definitely not. Um, So we're just going to go by the book here, but just know that this is not language that we personally would use. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then we have Dominic Reigns as Said, who you mentioned, and he's referred to, he's the pimp. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rome Chandonlu as Shada, the princess. And our little boy, the street urchin, played by Milad Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a great little cameo from the director herself as the skeleton party girl. In, oh. When, uh, yeah, when she oh, uh, yeah. and her are buying ecstasy from Arash. Yes. That's yes. Anna, Lily Amarpur. That's right. Yeah. And we cannot forget Mushuka the cat mm-hmm. as the cat. Mm-hmm. Which, Such a cute kitty. Which I will vote this... This film treats treats cats very well. Yeah, it does. Other I was than, I was so glad the cat didn't die. I was I that cat looked like Elton, and yeah, I could it's not. It's a cute cat. Yeah. yeah. I was very I was very pleased that it did not die as well because, I, you you guys know I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time an animal comes on screen, my heart rate just increases. Yeah, and he's there from the jump. He is like opening scene. Yeah. Yeah. Star. Star. So cute. So cute. Uh, fun fact: that cat is not like an actor cat. It was just a reporter's uh, friend's cat. A natural. Yeah, her friend was just like, "Put him in the movie. Put him in the movie." She's like, "I had a completely different idea for who, the, like, what the cat was gonna look like, but we did a screen test with him, and he was great." <laughs> He's a natural. Yeah, that was a, that's another interview I watched with her. A freaking star. Yeah, she just like spends most of the time talking about the cat. <laughs> As you should. I agree. I uh, could go through the whole list of producers, not going to, just going to call out that uh, Elijah Wood was an EP on this. Nice. Yeah, he was very excited about this movie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, music was done by Beirut, 
not the band from right. Arizona or New Mexico, wherever the fuck they're from, but mm-hmm. the artist Beirut, who is a Lebanese Armenian producer, like incredible musician. I love his work. Oh, and the music is so good in this because, fun fact, Lily used to be a DJ. Yeah. Which is pretty sick. Yeah. Um, so that's why, like, I mean, the, the music in this is just, like, amazing. I think that it it's one of those rare exceptions in horror where music usually in horror is kind of like good editing where you don't want to notice it Mm -hmm. but it elicits some sort of feeling within within you without you knowing it right it like increases the dread increases the suspense like whatever but Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily pick it out and say like oh that's good music unless you're us and we you know we talk about that (laughs) stuff but with this it was very it, it was it was very different because again like this is a very atmospheric movie with dialogue but not like an incredible amount um it's more of the visual imagery that gives you the narrative more so than dialogue and so you notice the music and i think that lily probably knew that and so she made it a point to make it fucking rad like she she did such a great job and i can totally tell that she was a dj like because it's like this farsi pop and it's Incredible. Yeah, it's so yeah. so well done. And he, um, yeah, I I love that he took for his name as like a, a like producer and and songwriter and like uh, just musician as mm-hmm. Beiru. Mm-hmm. So it's B E I R U, which is how you pronounce it. It's not Beirut. Yes, it's Beiru. Yeah. I so I just love that. I thought that was really dope. Yeah. Uh, I also forgot to mention uh, Rezo Sixesify plays the rockabilly. That's our uh, drag queen mm-hmm. who we see several times throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, no lines, just they. Uh, they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is like one of the more political points that she made explicit because uh, queerness and Iran not uh, don't really gel that well. Yeah. Uh, like it's literally illegal. So, um, yeah, yes, that was one thing that she pointed out in a couple of interviews that I read and watched with her. Nice. Um, cinematography was from Lyle Vincent. Uh, he's worked with her a few times. Which you can you can also tell. I yeah. Mean, he's also like amazing. The cinematography in this movie. It's so pretty. It's yeah. just so pretty. Yeah. Yeah, he he worked with her twice, I believe. Yeah, because he did Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and The Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see more from him, too. He's he's done a few things. Um, one I have seen and I did not like, uh, but that's not his fault. Uh, it's Woman in Black. He worked in he worked oh, in the camera department. I yeah. didn't see that. It's not good. Um, editing and editing, I'm going to shout out as well because it was very, very well done. Uh, Alex O'Flynn. Mm-hmm. Whose work you most people would probably know from the OA because that was that's a very popular show. You worked on a, a few show. of those. I like that show. I need to watch it. Everybody keeps telling me to, and I just haven't gotten around to it. I like I sci-fi. Am, I am I, so far behind, but the first season is great. Nice. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> um, the costume design was from Natalie O'Brien. So there's only one person listed as the stunt in the stunt department as the coordinator. But do you know who did all the skateboarding in the movie? Who? Anna Lily Amarpour. Because nice. she's just skated her whole life, and she's like, okay. Skateboard and DJ. Yeah. Amazing. And, could she, and a big Bruce Lee fan. She's like, damn, could you get cooler? I know, right? She's so rad. I'm in love, babe. <laughs> I mean, I do. I love the um, I love the main character that, I mean, she's kind of like a hipster vampire. 100%. Like, she wears that kind of, like, sailor shirt. It's it's and, all French New Wave. Yeah. That's entirely what she, she's like a... Um, she oh skateboards. Yeah. She's got a disco ball in her room. Yeah. She uses a record player. Like she's a she's a vampire, a hipster vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And she wears those little um, 
they're not Vans. They're like they're like the kids knockoff of the Vans Lows. Wears a lot of eyeliner. Oh, like yeah, yeah. cool it's, haircut. It's a, mood. it's a mood. I love how she found inspiration for this movie because it was mm-hmm. just like her friend had a chador. Mm-hmm. She put it on. She's like, I feel like a bat or like a stingray, and she's like, I have to skateboard in this. Yeah. She just like put it on and uh, yeah, she just like started skateboarding in it, and she was just like, I feel like a vampire, and this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awesome, and I mean, it's awesome imagery too because it's two things that you wouldn't necessarily put together. I mean, if I was a vampire, I'd be a skateboarding vampire. I mean, now I would. After seeing this movie. <laughs> well, I already skateboard, so then I would just, like, it would already happen. But my knees would feel a lot better, I think. Because, yeah. like, super strength. I would, I I would probably be, like, falling everywhere. I wouldn't be the coolest vampire, let's be honest. <laughs> that's okay, though. You'd, like, forget that you have to be nocturnal now and just walk out in the sun and be like, ah, oh, well, that's it. Yeah, I'd be, um, I'd be a vampire on a city bike. <laughs> <laughs> a girl bikes home alone at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not as cool. It's definitely not as cool. Yeah. So yeah, she wrote the whole script in English and then phonetically translated it into Farsi. So she didn't, you know, use the the script that Farsi's written in, but she yeah. did like it's it's a phonetic it's transliteration is the is the mm-hmm. term, I think. But yeah. She was <laughs> she wrote it in a month. Wow. Yeah. Um yeah, she was like just she knew she wanted to work with Sheila Bond again. Mm-hmm. And she had, you know, Arash in mind. She had Mitchell in mind. She was like, I know all of these people. I know all of these Iranians in L.A. and New York. I'm just going to make this, like, dope black and white. She actually said that she was, like, um, walking around uh, New York with Sheila. And it was just, like, just said, like, sort of just going around in her head. And she just, like, looks over. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be black and white. Nice. And she was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I didn't picture it any other way. Yeah. So I love that they collaborated so much on this character, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always loved... I mean, I do that myself a lot of times, right? Like, I have a lead in mind, like, one of my actor friends for a film. And I'm like, okay, so here's the character. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Who do you bring to this, you know? Yeah. I like to treat certain actors like writers. Collaboration keeps uh, keeps things interesting, keeps things alive. And especially if you've directed and written a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just brings a different flavor to it. Completely, yeah. yeah. It was, like, funded through Indiegogo. Hmm. And, yeah, it was shot for, like, 56 $2. grand. <laughs> yeah. A, seriously, yeah. yeah. 56 grand. Almost 57. Wow. Yeah, they shot it all in Kern County. Uh, it's a pretty common place to shoot in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And then finally got it to Sundance in 2014. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it made, you know, it was small release. So yeah, she was said she was just so tired from, tired of doing the typical Hollywood way of trying to get films made, like doing packages and having to work with like being like, oh, well, here's a project for this actor and here's mm-hmm. this thing. She's like, I don't know. I guess she got fucking tired of it. I just wanted to make indie cool shit. She's like, yeah. I just want to make my Iranian vampire film. Leave me alone. Like she had no, she was talking about, she's like, I don't know who Leeton Meester is, but they wanted me to write something for her. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't watch Gossip Girl. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I love that. But yeah, it made 628000 back. Got its wide release in November of 2014. Um, cool. Nice runtime of 100 minutes. It's mm-hmm. like right at an hour and 40. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in the entire dialogue is in Farsi. Mm-hmm. Whole film. You were talking about the, the lack of dialogue. Yeah. Turns out it's because she's like got a significant hearing loss. Oh. Yeah. So she's like only got about like 70% of her hearing hmm. still. Uh, which is why she writes low dialogue films. 
Interesting. Yeah, all of her apparently all of her movies are like that because the two shorts I've seen from her were like that too. Hmm. Um, it's it, that's that's why it's more like okay, well I'm gonna use I'm gonna tell stories not using words. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And again, like had she had the best actors in mind already because they really brought the story to life. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a soda. There's one in the fridge. Mm. Well, it's a Modelo. <laughs> it's potato, like a soda. potato. Like <laughs> it's soda, but better. <laughs> I say soda, you say Modelo. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Well, I've talked forever now because uh, I'm just again. I she's my new boyfriend. Amazing. Yeah. Sorry, Sam Raimi. <laughs> it's Amar poor from here oh, on out. Man. <laughs> Sam uh, Sam Raimi's going to be very sad when he hears the news. I think that I'm I was sure. dating him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, yikes. Yeah, if John Carpenter was my dad, then Sam Raimi was my boyfriend, but we just broke up, and now I'm dating Anna Lily Amapur. Well, stay blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Conceptual dating. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know either. Scary. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, Uh, Yeah, do you want to talk to me about some plot, like what happens in this thing? No. But I will. Bye. I'm kidding. Deuces. That's the episode. 23 minutes of Topher talking about bullshit. (laughs) Tune in next week. (laughs) For more of 23 minutes talking Topher talking bullshit. (laughs) Every patron who comes to the bar. (laughs) Yes, you can just get that by sitting down in front of you at the bar. (laughs) And then I actually get paid. True. Um, Anyway, okay, let's go through. Let's go through what actually happens. Yes. Uh, I forgot one thing. Uh, Yeah, we did watch this on Shudder. Shout yeah. out to Shutter. Bless. We love you. We love you so much. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm just going to do a quick how plug for, people, an ad for a company that doesn't support us. I know. How many people do we have to get to sign up um, for for Shutter in order to get a sponsorship? Because we definitely covered, I, I don't know, a week or a few weeks ago, uh, Satan's Slave, which is only available on Shutter unless mm-hmm. you want to be like bootleggy about it. Yeah. So I mean, how many how many people do we have to get to sign up? To I've get already a gotten like ten different people to sign up over the last couple of years. Yeah, at least. Well, anyway, Shutter. Anyone with connections to Shutter, if you're listening to this, just let them know. Okay. Uh, so what happens in this movie? Um, know, not stuff. a lot, but it's very pretty. But what does happen in this movie is we've got Hot Arash. That's his Ooh, name. Arash. Hot, yeah, hot he's Arash. So my God. Um, I am unable. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> correct. Um, but anyway, he... Just James Dean is fuck. Yeah. It's, anyway, uh, he lives with his father, who is addicted to heroin, Hussein. They, Hussein owes money to, quote-unquote, drug dealer pimp named <laughs> Saeed. Yeah. He ends up taking, taking Arash's car... It is Arash's car, right? Yeah. The one that he saved up. It's super cool. Yeah. He's like done all this work on it. Yeah. It is like a badass. It's his prized possession. Yeah. Yeah. Because his father owes him money for heroin. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's in this room with this like really rich young woman that he works for. Her name is Shada. Also so hot. Yeah. Everyone in this movie is like unbelievably hot. They can just get it. Yeah. Um, So he steals a pair of diamond earrings. Because he just sees the opportunity and knows mm-hmm. that she's wealthy and is like, I need to get my car back. And she's so flirty with him. She's mm-hmm. trying to write this porno. Mm-hmm. 
So then at this point, Saeed runs into this woman in a Shador. We don't know who she is yet. Yeah, because we have um, the scene with Addy mm-hmm. that he's like, who works for him. And yeah, he's like really forcing her into, like coercing her into performing oral sex on him. Yeah. It does not feel super consensual. No. Um, and yeah, our the girl yeah. is watching in the background. And yes. that's what freaks him out. And then yeah, Addy wants her cut of her money that she's owed. And, and he won't. Yeah. He won't give it. So, girl in Chador is watching all of this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees an opportunity. Saeed is easily persuaded to take her back to his apartment. Yeah. And in an awesome, like, second scene, pretty much, of this movie, maybe third, her fangs come out, mm-hmm. quite literally. Um, and she fucks him up. He bite- She bites off his finger, goes for his neck. He dies. Um, she's leaving. She passes by Arash, who is coming over to offer said earrings. We kind of have like parallel storylines that Im- eventually um, converge. Yeah. Uh, we've got Arash and we've got Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she, they both almost just miss each other pretty much throughout this movie until they don't. Right. Typical like love story. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I love uh, that she robs Saeed too. Oh, yeah. So she just like takes all his shit. Why wouldn't you? I absolutely would. You already killed somebody. You might as well steal from them. Because <laughs> I stabbed somebody. <laughs> so he shows up, finds that Saeed is dead, and is like, oh, well, this is easy. I'll just take back my car. So he <laughs> this finds is a his net car. Positive keys. for me. Yeah, and he grabs a suitcase that's filled with drugs and cash. Mm-hmm. And Arash decides to sell those drugs. And this way he doesn't have to keep working for Shada. Mm-hmm. So he goes to a costume party, which is funny because he's dressed as Dracula. I love the comedy of this. Like, yeah. it is a little up its own ass, but in the way that I like. Mm-hmm. And then he he's persuaded by Shada to take in into taking one of the ecstasy pills that he is selling. Yeah, this is where we um, get a director cameo. Yeah, she's like she's like this drug this drug needs you this pill needs you and it's like nothing it's, without you. it's yeah. nothing without you and she like puts it in his mouth and he he's reluctant but he does it. Um, so under the influence of said drugs, he finds himself just kind of like wandering around at night alone. Yeah, he tries to Stumbling kiss around. her, and she's like, what the fuck, dude? And then he's just like, he gets into the hole yeah, and just leaves. Because she's leaves. been just like, I think she just wanted to the attention from him, because another guy comes up, and she's like dancing with him mm-hmm. right after. Yep. Like, you don't take ecstasy to not kiss. I know, that's a little it's a little weird. Yeah. But I'm thinking that um, Shada probably just didn't want to be tied to one person that night. Mm-hmm. And that's... Just how it goes. It is. It is. It's, um, her, it's her prerogative. Yeah. It's all okay. And so now we've got the girl. Uh, she's like listening to music alone in her apartment. She's skateboarding. She's just being like really cool. Um, just rad as hell. Yeah. Um, or she's just, you know, walking around the, on the streets with her chador on. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, chilling. Skating down a hill. Yeah. Um, and then they finally meet. So Arash is just wandering around, and she's skateboarding around, and and they finally meet. Yeah, he's just staring at this light, and he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, and 
he shows something that she doesn't see in men often, and this is why she, you know, ends up killing a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of shows that he he's different. He's not like the other boys. <laughs> um, he he shows he shows you know some form of of compassion and just like that he's not a shithead. Basically, like the bar is so low. He's vulnerable. He's, yeah, yeah, he literally yeah. just like is emotionally available. Yeah, yeah. The bar is so low. It's below the floor. Yeah. Um, it is in hell. The bar is in hell. Okay, like let's 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 not be nice here. You know, like yeah, let's not no. be generous. Yeah, the yeah. bar is in hell. Um, <laughs> uh, we're just excited when someone owns a dish rag. Like that's how bad it is. More than one pillow. More than one pillow that isn't flat as a fucking pancake. God. Like that. That is where the bar is right now, and that's so devastating. But anyway, (laughs) talk to any single girl and she'll tell you the same. So she takes him back to her place. They're like just being hipsters together, listening to music. And we have a really, we have a very rom-com moment here almost where like she glances at his neck and it's very deliberate. Mm -hmm. She glances at his neck, but then kind of refuses it or or, um, not refuses it, but uh, resists it. Which, if you've ever seen a vampire movie, that's really fucking hard to do. And usually means you like the person. Yeah. So, we get this, like... She's got a crush. Yeah, yeah. We get this, like, kind of nice romantic relief a little bit. uh, But it's still kind of like she could still strike at any time. Yeah, but she, like... There's this really nice intimate moment where she just buries her face in his chest instead. Yeah, yeah. It's so... Like, this movie is very sexy. And I don't just mean the actors. I mean, like... No, the beats are extremely sexy. It's It's all foreplay. And it's, like... It's emotional foreplay, too. And it's just, like... Gets me going. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no. I was sitting here, like, man. It's just hot. It's just a hot movie. And, like, those intimate moments are hot. I'm like, "Mm, am I getting older? (laughs) Is that just what I want? Well, no, it's just, like... I just want to cuddle. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, so vampires typically exist in this space between, like, because they are monsters, but they also tend to be, like, the sexiest of monsters. Yeah, it's, you know? a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it, there's that bit in What We Do in the Shadows. It's like... Yeah. It's Jermaine Clement's character, Vlad. He's there, like, yeah, there's, like, the overly sexualized or is it, one. Or is it... Uh, yeah, no, it's not It's not Jermaine Clement. It's the other actor. He's oh. just like, I'm a vampire, so I'm very sexy, so you can see... Yeah, and he like gestures at himself and like, I mean, yes, you are. But. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, the reason the reason why um, this movie is so sexy, I think, and as is also at the same time effective as a horror film, is because vampires often exist in this space between fear and sex. Yeah. So lust, you're not desire, yeah. lust, desire, like all of that. So you're really not sure. It almost it, it, it raises the tension. Like you're almost mm-hmm. like you're really just not sure what's going to happen at any moment because she could just you know fuck him up, just kill yeah. him. Like yeah. he is on the brink of death every moment that he's with her. She mm-hmm. has these abilities to just kill him in one fell swoop. Yeah. So so you've got this like tension that you don't have in other sex scenes where a vampire is not involved right like you've mm-hmm. got so it it just it raises the stakes <laughs> um <laughs> God damn it. i fucking quit i'm out That's i didn't it. I'm even done. mean That's to do that i didn't even mean to do that 
but yeah so that's why i that's why i love these moments because Mm -hmm. it's you know the ante is already up yeah this is a really this is like an actually well-executed version of edward and bella right oh yeah yeah this is what Stephanie Myers was trying to do. Yeah, and not to say that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson aren't very good actors because they are very good actors, but the the this is just so much better directed. This is nuanced. Yeah, yeah. This uh, yeah, this actually feels like foreplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Okay, moving on from that scene before, like it is, it is only we could spend the rest of the time talking about just that scene. It is three p.m. on a Monday. I do not need to be this hot. Um, <laughs> So they they meet up again the next night, and she says that he does not know the terrible things that she has done. Yeah, he writes her that really nice note of like meet yeah. me at the factory at ten. And then she's she like wants her ears pierced, so he pierces it with a safety pin. I'm sorry, this is just getting hotter. I'm I'm struggling. Yeah, because he reaches inside oh the door and is like so, or inside the her head covering, and he's like, because he I has something those else fancy you. ass earrings. You don't have your ears aren't pierced. So they do that very intimate thing of he puts a hole in her when normally she would be putting the holes in him. <laughs> Nicole is going to slide off a chair. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh God. Wheezing. I'm going to have to mop up after this. Ew. Stop it. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. Moving on now. We got through the sexy part, behind I think. The, behind the scenes, we just had to take a five-minute break while Nicole just hopped in a cold shower. Stop it. Stop it. But but seriously, though, I'm schwitzing. Anyway. All right. Now we move on to Addie. Yeah. Is that right? Addie, a prostitute who worked for Saeed. Again, their words, not ours. Yes. A sex worker who worked for Saeed is... She's being followed at night by our girl. And they, they head to the prostitute's apartment. Our our girl... I'm just going to keep calling her our girl because mm-hmm. I love her. Our girl gives Addie the payment that Saeed owed her. And they, talk, they get to talking and she kind of realizes that... Addie has kind of gotten into this mindset about like sex as a business so that she kind of no longer knows what it is to like desire. And things. it's it's extended past that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just yeah. desiring sex or people. It's, it's everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. I, I have got so many comments. Anyway, save it. Save it. Save it. <laughs> we will get to it. <laughs> um, so then we go to then it's next scene we we've got Hussein who is he's deep in withdrawal he's yeah he's struggling quite a bit with heroin withdrawal he is even having like hallucinations mm-hmm. he thinks that Arash's cat is his dead wife um, Arash, this is your fault you torture me yeah how, you, how could you come back and do this to me it's a lot yeah it's a lot so Arash sees all of this he gives him drugs and money and says you gotta you gotta go you can take the cat with you which I'm like no keep the cat it's so cute yeah and then Hussein goes to Addie and pretty much forces her to take not the pretty heroin. much he literally binds her hands with his belt yeah, you're right. Absolutely forces. And just shoves that needle. It's, it, I mean, it doesn't shove the needle in her, but it's yeah, he puts it in there. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, they're found by our girl. She kills Hussein. And then Addie helps her, you know, get rid of the body. And she's like, get out of here. Take the cat. Go. Mm-hmm. And so then this is the next morning. Arash finds Hussein's body. He heads to the apartment of our girl and begs her to like just run away. He's like, "Now I have nothing." Like, Full that's Carly Rae Jepsen only... moment. I just heard the saxophone. <laughs> just run away with me. 
Exactly. So he doesn't really have any reason to stay where he's at anymore. He was kind of, you know, he was living with his father and now his father's dead, like all of this stuff. And she's just like, okay, let's go. Like yeah. I have eternal life. I, I, I could, I could stand <laughs> some um, adventure. So let's go. Um, and so she's, she's grabbing all of her things. The cat appears, which, which reveals that she's the one that killed Hussein mm-hmm. to Arash. Like Arash has this like moment of like clarity and Arash and our girl, they get in the car, they go, he decides to pull off to the side of the road and he's just like, he doesn't know what to do. He's, you know, he's very conflicted. It was his father. He, um, his father had a huge issue, but now like he's dead, but was killed by the person that he's running away with. He's and falling like, in love with. He's falling yeah. in love with. So he's got all of these issues. So he's, he's angry. He's, he's sad. He's confused. He doesn't know what to do. Um, but he eventually makes the decision to get back into the car and they continue on into the sunset. Yeah, with the kitty just sitting there, just being a good kitty. It's like a weird, unhappy ending. Like happy but unhappy ending. So the vibe I get from the ending of this, and I, I'm, I'm saying this with all love because I think it's a great combination of things. Yeah. The Graduate and Thelma and Louise. Oh, Yeah. Because to spoil the end of The Graduate, which I'm sorry, y'all, it came out over 50 years ago. I don't know what to do for you. It's one of the most popular movies of all time. Yeah. Um, but one of my, it's one of my favorite scenes in film, and a lot of people misinterpret it, and then a lot of people correctly interpret it. The misinterpretation is that they're happy at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But they're not. The, the, last, the final scene is uh, he breaks up the wedding, right? Yeah. They get on the bus, and Sounds of Silence plays while he, they go from like giggly and happy and so excited and their faces gradually fall and the camera just sits on them forever. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's one of my favorite moments in film. Mm-hmm. Then the Thelma and Louise thing is like, oh, well, this woman I'm falling in love with killed my partner. Yeah. Which is my reading on, reading on Thelma and Louise. I think it's a lesbian uh, feminist text. But... Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's exactly right. There, women can also just have intimate friendships that don't involve sex. But there's a lot of like tension between it's possible Gina, i mean gina davis and and, and susan's right and come on but anyway that's that's sort of how i read it. it's like a combination of those two things of like okay we're yeah. it's a let's never get caught moment yeah but also a did we fuck up yeah moment. like deep sadness yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think that but the cat survives but, but the cat survives that's like they the have a child yeah that's the important part mm-hmm um, but yeah, I mean, I think this movie is very different, very well done. It's steeped in reference. It's obviously kind of a play on a spaghetti western, which I have not seen a lot of. I know that you have seen. It is my favorite genre of yeah. film after horror. It's so, like it's tied with rom coms for me. So this is why we're a perfect team, and I was gonna let you kind of talk about how yeah. how this relates to spaghetti westerns and how you know all that totally. all that good stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I I adore spaghetti westerns so much. They're some of my favorites. Sergio Leone's uh, Man with No Name trilogy. Is is some of my favorite filmmaking I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so clever. It's so cool. And there's a reason people love it. You know, it's yeah. not It's not just like, it's fucked up and vibey. Because oh. <laughs> a lot of those, like that particular trilogy, right? Yeah. There are lots of other spaghetti westerns, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, or like Western New Wave. Yeah. So our protagonist of those movies is this is an anti-hero vigilante. It's Clint Eastwood, right? Uh, yeah. The man with no name, but he, yeah, he just wears his poncho and his cool hat. And this and, is kind of like a girl with no name. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's very, very intentional because he's yeah. just he's just listed as the man. Yeah. 
Um, and like, and uh, she's a vigilante. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, she's very, she's explicitly like yeah. hit, she's hit Clint Eastwood's character from Man with No Name trilogy for sure. Uh, which is for y'all and those. If you're, if you're not familiar with the films I'm referring to by that trilogy name, it's a uh, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. But like even I, most characters in those films don't have names. Yeah. It's like Lee Van Cleef is just referred to as the man in black. Mm-hmm. Because um, he just is, he's a, a sort of companion character to Clint Eastwood's character. Yeah. But he wears all black. Yeah. So there's the man and the man in black. And yeah, that's it, you know? it's and this minimalist way of filmmaking where mm-hmm. you can just focus on other things. And if you want your audience to focus on other things, then you don't worry them with like names. Yeah. And like we have names in this, of course, but yeah. it's the fact that they are referred to in the credits as the junkie, the pimp, the prostitute, the princess, the mm-hmm. girl, right? Mm-hmm. The cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cat. So I, I I think that that's a lot of what she took from this. Funny enough, it, so the the black and white thing is very much French New Wave, right? As yeah. is the design of Sheila Vaughn's character. For sure. That's all very, very, very much like Fellini and, and other names that I'm forgetting right now. But mm-hmm. like that 50s and 60s style of filmmaking that was in France, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as for the Western, it's very much done. There's all these very wide shots, very much like focusing on the topography, right? Because yeah. that was what shapes it. So we are in, I think we said the name of the city was Bad City. Yeah. Which is also a fun joke. So it's two jokes in one. Mm-hmm. The first is that it's a reference to Sin City, Frank Miller's Yes, it definitely, comics. very much yeah. so, yeah. Um, fantastic, fantastic uh, graphic novels, comics, whatever. I'm not a, I'm not that kind of nerd. I'm not like the other nerds. Um, but also in Farsi, the name, the word for city is Bad, B-A-D. Oh, that's funny. I yeah, so it's that. City City. City City. Or Bad Bad. Nice. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> saying non-bread, right? Like yeah. Like you're saying yeah. bread bread or non-non. Yeah. 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 It's it's a fun it's I it's gotta be a fucking joke by her. I haven't heard her say that, but I'm like, but the word for city in Farsi and like Arabic is bad. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's fairly it's obvious. Be, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be a bit. Um so yeah, the bad city is like or Bad Bad mm-hmm. is their it's what shapes them, right? Like the environment is what is what creates these sorts of things. And that's the case with Sin City. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just going to like list all the fucking references here because yeah. it's a thousand and one references because mm-hmm. we've got Sin City. We've got Westerns, particularly Spaghetti Westerns and Sergio Leone. Yeah. We've got French New Wave. We've got some junk. We've got John Carpenter because mm-hmm. of the way that she stalks is very much based on um, Michael Myers. For sure. We've got every vampire film that ever existed up to this point. Yeah. Which is funny. This came out the same year as What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's so funny. It, other than that. <laughs> Vampires have truly had their moment. In, yeah, and in, it's been um, in and out, you know. Culture. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, when I say in and out, I mean they've, they've always been here, but there are better and worse versions. Yeah, I think that, and I think that we are more so than other quote unquote monsters. I think that as a society, we're a little bit more obsessed with them in a way that we're obsessed with witches because it often there there are the themes of desire, lust. Um, you can if most vampires fall in love in their just like witches in their um, mm-hmm. in their narratives. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I can totally see why, because you can make a you can make a sci fi vampire film. You can make a sci fi rom com vampire I mean, film. Literally Dracula in you, space exists. You can I make was an, in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It sucks so bad. You can make so many different things with these themes that vampires are always kind of tied to. Mm -hmm. And then you can make kind of a a big, big old comedy with it. Like what we, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. So there's just a lot to be, a lot to be done there. So. Absolutely. And so, yeah, just to get back to some of the Western things. um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, the shape of who they are as people is shaped by the city, right? Yeah. And I love that because that is such a Leone way of doing things that the way he viewed Tales of the American Old West, right? The frontier West. Yeah. And this is very much reflected in video games like Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead 2, Mm -hmm. which are also heavily inspired by Leone. Yeah. Um, They're very different from like the John Wayne Westerns, right? Where it's all about the hero coming out to save the day and he's going to round up the posse and save the gals. Yeah. Or save the town or whatever. Leonis aren't about that. They're yeah. almost about nothing. Yeah. Um, in this, in a way that this movie's almost about nothing. Yeah. Um, there's a narrative, and I think it's a really well communicated narrative, particularly because it's a narrative driven without dialogue. Um, yeah. Because you were saying it is, I guess, a little narrative light, but this is a vibey film that has a strong narrative vein. Yeah, and I think it wouldn't succeed if it had a convoluted plot. Like yeah, you can't, no. you can't do something with low dialogue and have it have like multiple storylines that like it was a good move to have their two storylines converge fairly early on yeah second act yeah because then it would be kind of confusing of like okay who are we following now Mm -hmm. they keep you know like who who is the narrator right now because we kind of go between arash and our girl Mm -hmm. you know um and that's kind of the case with Leone. Like, this is, I think mm-hmm. that's probably her most, she hasn't said this, but this is definitely, like, one of her more, that's got to be her biggest inspiration here as a director. Yeah. Um, I think that just, like, mimicking his style in a certain way. We should also say, it's, yeah, it's shot in black and white, but particularly it's shot in, like, high contrast monochrome. Yes, very high contrast. Um, which I've shot in before. It is really always it's always really funny to see like um lighthouse was shot the same way yes um and it's funny to see the behind the scenes because everything is super bright and colorful and there's a reason like um she wears that striped shirt which is yes a reference to new wave but also shows up really well on camera yes yeah um like when i did uh, the Mm neo-noir that i was in um that was shot in high shot was uh, high contrast black and white not monochrome but um that's the reason like all of my clothes you've seen behind the scenes photos of me in that um, everything except the the overcoat I wore mm-hmm. was super bright, right? Or like a really rich color, you know? Like it's all, and none of it matched either. Yeah, there are no neutrals in black and white films. You just can't do it. Yeah, like they were the brown pants that I wore were super dark brown. Yeah, the, like the overcoat was a really pale tan, and then it was like like a green and like cream shirt, and then like red high tops. Yeah. And like this really colorful scarf and all this stuff because it has to just show up. Yeah. 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 And you don't want to do polka dots because it hurts the camera. Oh, yeah. Never. Never do polka dots. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that this movie is also interesting in looking at it, obviously, through a feminist lens, even, even though, you know, she didn't set out to make it a feminist text or movie. Um, yeah, she was just going by rule of cool. Yeah, and it but it is interesting because when you just hear the title, like that is yeah, it already it already informs you know um, something about the movie. So Mm -hmm. 
so it's it's also it's interesting because I, I definitely want to talk about her moments with our street urchin, the little boy. Yeah. She has that really intense scene with him where she's like asking him, like, are you a good boy? And don't lie to me. Don't yeah. lie to me. And she's, in, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, I think so. I don't know what good, good or bad is really. Yeah. Um, I don't I am, know. I am without morality for I am a child. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's just kind of freaked out a little bit. I have no prefrontal cortex yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, ma'am, I am five. And so. He's so cute too. He is really cute. And, and there's this moment of her saying like, I'll be watching you forever. And, you know, like for the rest of of your your life, life, I'll be watching you. And like this, you know, vague threat of, you know, like be a good boy or else sort of thing. Um, And I mean, it's not it's not overt, but you but your brain is taken there um, that this is some sort of message about the oppression of women. Yeah, it's impossible not to go there. Yeah, it is. It's impossible not to go there. And. And also the fact that there's like the symbol of the chador, you know, mm-hmm. like she wears that, especially when she commits these, you know, murders and whatnot. Right. And then she uses she uses her her sexuality as leverage to get these to get um, Saeed. And not 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 really Hussein, but but to get Saeed because she knows that that will reel him in. Like she's smarter than he is. Absolutely. So um, probably because she's lived a billion years, Um, (laughs) but she's smarter than he is. So uh, she knows exactly how to lure him into a vulnerable place um, so that she can attack. Mm -hmm. So so there is a little bit of that like feminine vigilante type situation where she is kind of seeking some sort of revenge. Like she doesn't just do these acts because she's bored. Yeah. You know, no, she's not just like, like she, there is a motive behind it and her main prey are like shitty men. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. Cause like she doesn't attack any women in this, but there's a moment where you think she will murder mm-hmm. Shada. Mm hmm. Because it's it's those who prey on the weak. Yeah, like she uses her strength, her speed, her massive killing ability mm-hmm. to hurt those who prey on the weak. Except for that one moment where she attacks the homeless man. Yeah, that's a little confusing. Yeah, and I think that's just to show that, like, I mean, Omar said, like, vampires are just so many things. Like, yeah, uh, what is it? What's the quote here? It's well, think uh, about it. If you lived think, a billion years, you'd be so many things too. Yeah. So, but what does the quote say? I'm sorry. It, so it was, a, it was an interview she did with Wired, mm-hmm. and it's a, she says a vampire is so many things: serial killer, romantic historian, drug addict. There's sort of all these things in one. Hundred percent. And I think that that's yeah, that's that's the moment of like she's not perfect, but she's gonna do her best. And again, yeah. that's very Leone. And that ties in. That ties into what I was saying about how why I think that vampires have been so culturally relevant because you can play on like the addict thing because they are addicted to they have like this intense bloodthirst quite literally and so it's like yeah they they are a million things like she she's absolutely right and i think that that's why they've stayed relevant in our culture in a way mm-hmm. at least our tv film culture yeah you know? i absolutely agree yeah i the morality of this film is is, is interesting because I, what I love about Hussein's character, right? Like, we talk a lot about mental health, and we've talked a lot about addiction yes. and all that. Arash is cruel to his father to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. 
harem withdrawal very much can kill you depending on the level how long you've been using it and like mm-hmm. what you're used to um your body becomes very physically dependent on a way that actually can kill you and we're set up to um, believe that he's been doing it for a very long time yes at least since his wife died at least yeah yeah so yeah he he, he constantly says i'm sick and i need my medicine yeah. which is a very addict, addict like it's a manipulative addict way to it is yeah do that to like say that, but it's also true at that point because yeah. it's specifically heroin. Yes, right? yes. Um, and I, I have sympathy for anybody who is an addict. I, I, I don't think that we like it is. A, it is a disease. We've talked about this. Yeah, it, it's well established that, that it, it is a disease. Yeah. and should be should be treated as such. Yeah, yeah. just like if I had a flu. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know where she lands here. Because we do see, yes, Arashbi is somewhat cruel to his father, but he also loves his father. He doesn't want him to use heroin because, duh. Because it's ruined, it's ruined his life. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's just very, very bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of pain with mm-hmm. that. I mean, I mean, being in love with an addict, yeah. whether it's familial or romantic, like yeah. being in love with an addict is one of the hardest things to ever go through because you feel you feel this sense of betrayal when they do it and you also feel this sense of pity mm-hmm. you feel you feel a lot of things and yeah. so i think that he is grappling with a lot of that and it comes out in so many different ways where he's fed up he's you know he feels like his father isn't trying um he's Ha- holds a lot of resentment, a mm-hmm. lot of pity. Like there's yeah. just all of the. It's such a complicated thing to go through, and you can definitely. It's it's displayed beautifully here because yeah. it is so complex, and you don't know how you feel about it day to day. Yeah, and so what I but what I love in this, I was thinking about this when I was watching this yesterday, is the girl and Hussein meet twice. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where there it's just the two of them walking down the street, and she's kind of walking with him, and he's in a haze. Mm-hmm. And she does not harm him because yeah. the addiction is not a sin. Mm-hmm. When he harms Addie, that's when she kills him. Yes, and it's Saeed harms Addie, she kills him. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I was bringing up the point about Shada, right? Like, yeah, I was like, because I was like, I, I was like, okay, so harm innocent, die. Yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, well, Shada did like coerce. Uh, uh, a rash into taking it, drugs, which yeah. we don't ever see him do. He smokes, yeah, but we don't ever see him drink. We don't see him use heroin like his father. We don't mm-hmm. see him. Do- he deals drugs. He does not get high on his own supply, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very clear that like he is someone who is not comfortable with using drugs because he sees his father. Yeah, he doesn't want to be his father. He wants to be his own man, and yet she using her sexy wiles gets him to do it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and. That is harm, right? That is not. That is doing not harm consent. unto, yeah. yeah, unto another person. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I was just curious. I was like, oh, is Shada gonna die? She doesn't, right. but yeah, yeah, she's spared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where I, that's where it's like, okay, so it's maybe inconsistent, but I'm not mad at it because it is this. We our protagonist here is a whole person, and yeah. that's what I we we love talking about this. Like, like you know, when you have when you have characters that are whole people. It's very it's very important because it you know obviously enriches the film and it and it's I think it's something that some people should take notes on. Yeah, but Saeed's a one note villain, but yeah, but he's also not in it long enough to be yeah. more than that. Exactly. Um and yeah, I mean I think another interesting thing I'm going to keep harping on just like the idea of vampires is that 
the word monster. I'm going to talk about the good bad binary. The yeah. word monster. The word monster makes you think bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about a good bad binary, hero makes you think good. Mm-hmm. Uh, vigilante somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Right? That's why we like call them antiheroes. Yeah. Antihero. Yeah. That's that's somewhere in the gray area. So. I think that this movie is definitely very interesting in that way, where we do have like an anti-hero who is also a traditional, in horror, if you were to list monsters, vampires would be in that list. If not the first one you think of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got um, zombies, vampires, uh, beasts. Witches. Witches, yeah. Ghouls, goblins, whatever. Frankenstein. Yeah, whatever that. (laughs) Made in a lab. I don't know. Um, So so that's that's also why I think that vampires continue to circle back in, because you can also do a morality play. Mm -hmm. You can um, discuss a lot of different things, and then there's the whole, like, immortality thing. I think this movie is particularly interesting in the same way that I think The Love Witch is interesting, because it already disorients you by it's not set in a particular time the style of the movie is certainly kind of referring to other things just Mm -hmm. like the love witch did it was definitely very themed just like this movie is but with our main character being immortal we have signs of you know her immortality like the madonna poster like i said the disco ball the fun fact about the madonna poster that's margaret atwood I knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, was, I, I read I that. I didn't, I didn't, didn't know that until I watched the interview, uh, the Vice interview, and I was like, oh, that's cute. That I it's read Margaret that Atwood, And it actually says Margaret on the side instead of Madonna. Yeah. I love that. I it's just thought just, it was really it's cool. The, uh, but she's like mimicking the poster. Yeah, it's uh, the Vogue um, poster. The yeah. Vogue poster. Which, no, it's pretty cool. But And we're also, so we are in just a land of, a fictional land, just in general. In, mm-hmm. in we don't know when this is set at all. It's not set in any time, Yeah, really. we see a flip phone and an iPhone. It's yeah. like when you see the iPhone and the Love Witch, yeah. And you see, like, the weird fashion that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's it's exactly that. And Yeah, he's dressed like James Dean. She's dressed like she's in a new wave film. Yeah. Shada's dressed pretty, like, like 2014 2000s, hipster. Yeah. Hipster, yeah. Um, and so... Like, sexy hipster. Yeah. Rich and, hipster, and whatever. Then in the, and then also, we're, we're set in a fictional place. Mm-hmm. Bad City is not a place. Right. So it, it already kind of disorients you there or just kind of takes you off of the plane that we even live on. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you this cartoonish idea of like anything can happen because we're not rooted in reality in any form of that word. Yeah. So that's what's really fun. And I really appreciate her doing with this film because it's already it's it's already elevated in that way. And then to just set it in a completely mythical mm-hmm. place. Just yeah, it's super heightened. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I, 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 I definitely find that interesting. And I also love that our girl is not resentful of having eternal life at all. No. She knows what she wants. And she, again, is the anti-hero. She's going to go get it. She's not like if we were to compare it to other vampires within this canon especially kind of like love interest vampires we've got um the movie that we talked about like when we first started this podcast like years ago we talked about let the right one in yes which go back and listen to that if you haven't it's and also watch it it's awesome uh but that vampire in that movie is kind of more of like the underdog hero yeah absolutely no i think that's exactly right you know and and i think in but also doesn't really resent 
she's kind of accepted that she has eternal life, knows what she wants, and is doing whatever she can to get it. Um, and then by product of that becomes kind of the hero of that movie. And then we've, but then we've got this vampire who's subtly different. She knows what she wants. She doesn't resent being a vampire and having eternal life, but she, but she's not quite the hero. She's the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's a, there, there's a lot of range that you can play with, um, and a lot of nuances. And I think that this movie did that beautifully. Yeah. I mean, this is just, there's, there's such a great, I love when people look at eternal life and go, yeah, morality gets fuzzy after about year 200, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or yeah, you, you start looking at things in a much broader sense. Like this is something that comes up a lot in, um, I was just rewatching full metal alchemist brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, as I do, like, a couple times a year, because I love that show so much. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there are characters on there that are more near immortal. Yeah. They are killable, but they cannot die from age. Yes. Right? And they are kind of the villains of the show, but there's the original version that paints them a little more sympathetically, but they... So they, they they talk about the morality of it. They're like, you're evil, you're monsters, you're doing, the, you're committing genocides to create yeah. things. Like mm-hmm. that's so fucked up. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but you know, we that's like a very human thing. And one, we're not human, and two, like we've been alive for hundreds of years. Yeah. Morality gets fuzzy because mm-hmm. there's a, a character who ends up being like a good guy who's also been alive for hundreds of years. But yeah, you know, it's that sort of thing. They're like. You can call it evil if you want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's just sort of yeah, different. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like looking at it on a short scale. And it happens in like sci-fi. It happens in uh, with. Uh, but I, yeah. Anyway, I love that the morality here is similar to Let the Right One In. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely put these two movies side by side as like a companion piece. Yeah. Um, both in tone and the way they're shot. Um in writing, like Ely is absolutely very similar to the girl. Yeah. Uh, not only in that she's Iranian, <laughs> but oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not saying that uh, Amarpour ripped off that movie at all. She definitely did not. No, they're, they're definitely very different, very films, different as well. Completely different. Which is why they would be fun companion pieces because mm-hmm. they they are also extremely different. Yeah. And so I um I I don't know I this movie just does so much for me. I am gonna rewatch this multiple multiple times just because I I love the look of it. I it's love that beautiful. it is low dialogue, but nice narrative, like a very clear, very well executed narrative. We've, we haven't talked about that a lot, but like everything is executed perfectly in this. It's very clear. And it's also very, um, again, like I said, it, it is beautifully acted. Um, every, every person that, you know, was pre-chosen for this, mm-hmm. uh, was a hit. I don't think there's a weak link. I think that they all tell this story beautifully because yes, we have a protagonist, but it is in a sense an ensemble piece in a way. They all play a very, like there are very few characters, but they all play a very important part. Yes. You could not do this movie with one of them removed. Yeah, not a single one. And not the cat. Don't fucking argue that with me, guys. No, the (laughs) The cat cat is absolutely important. integral. Okay. No, you're right. Like, the cat shows... One, it's the first thing we learn about Arash. <laughs> he saves the cat. We already... He's my, he might be my dream man. He's, like, he's like obsessed with the cat. Like, he's very emotionally invested in a cat. He dresses like James Dean. That's all I need. His hair does the thing. That's all I actually need. 
He's it weird. turns out. It turns out. <laughs> and then that's all. Is that why you like me? That's all I Is that I just need. wear jeans to make my butt look nice and I roll my sleeves up a little bit? Maybe. It didn't hurt. <laughs> it didn't hurt. I do hurt. wear a lot of white pocket tees. You're right. It did not hurt. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, <laughs> sorry. No, I'm just thinking about him. But yeah, no, I do think the cat is necessary because he does save the cat. It's the very first thing we see. It's this. <laughs> it, why is it the cats survive most horror films? And um, dogs don't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I Although don't that know. adorable kitten and drag me to hell. Stop it. I can't. It's too cute for that. I can't. I literally can't. But yeah, I I love this. It's 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 alien and this. They save the cat. That's what the trope is named after. Yeah. Although I think it's a really stupid decision in Alien. But um yeah, but thinking more about like vampire history, right? Like I, I said up top, this is my new favorite vampire movie. Yeah, it's um, great. And there's some stiff competition. Like, Let the Right One In, fantastic. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, fantastic. But this one just hits all the buttons in all the right ways. Like, And this is gore light. Yeah. It's literally just when she bites off Saeed's finger. Yeah. That's it. That is the only gore moment. There's some blood. I mean, this is definitely a movie that relies on the dread mm-hmm. and the suspense and the and all of that. Yeah. Um, because we it's suspense all over because it's like what's going to happen but also it, it, it's what's going to happen both in between Arash and the girl yeah but also like because we have the romantic side but then also yeah is Arash going to survive this is he going to attack her are we yeah. going to get this really melancholy ending or yeah you really don't know how this is going to end until it ends yeah like, and it which ends is like great. a graduate slash Thelma and Louise yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah I love because I don't know I'm just I'm so bored by most vampire film. Well, they've just been done so much and yeah. kind of recycled and like Nosferatu, amazing, right? And that was another big influence. That's like that an I original, though. Yeah, but that's I didn't mention it, so you know yeah. it should be mentioned on here. That obviously this is high German expressionist, yeah, sort of looks like down to the makeup and everything. For sure, for sure. Um, so I love that one, but like I don't like Interview with a Vampire. I don't like most of like they're can't be fun, but I don't think they're good. Like the Christopher Lee Draculas. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I mean, uh, Boris Karloff. Wait, did I get that right? Or was he Frankenstein? I can't remember. My brain's so full of secrets. But yeah, and then like, obviously no one really likes Twilight. But I just, I've just never, like Blade is cool, but it's not like a great vampire movie, you know? Like super cool. Love watching Blade. We'll watch all three Blades all the time. Yeah. But I just, this this one really hit that button. Mm -hmm. It, It hit exactly what I was looking for in a vampire movie. And I didn't know it until it gave it to me. Well, it's 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 familiar but different at the same time, mm-hmm. and I think that that is such a great thing to do with film is that make it familiar enough to where people can kind of grab onto something, but then kind of throw something in there that again is like your own flavor, your own ideas, your own style, and kind of inform the genre in a different way. You yeah, know? it's a nice in- yeah that that familiarity gives you the entry point, and then you get to freak experience people out and do, other yeah, exactly, stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's also just a cool movie. It's so cool. It is cool. It is like, very cool. It's cool in the way that Tarantino thinks he's still cool. Right. I mean, this movie kind of gives me, I mean, not to relate it back to like one of my favorites, but it kind of gives me like a racer head. It kind of gives, it gives me like so many different things at the same time that I'm just. Which is a huge Lynch fan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's, it's really great. And I mean, that's really, that's really just, you know, my, my final, final thoughts on it is highly recommend if you want to feel cool. (laughs) Yeah. She's a huge Lynch fan too, by the way. 
to the premiere of this, she wore Wild at Heart, a Wild at Heart t-shirt. Incredible. Yeah. Also, apparently, just fun she fact. She might be my new favorite person. Just here, learning new facts she's about her. So I'm just like, cool. that's, she's so cool. That's sick. Like, yeah, because she, so, uh, fun thing. Well, not for her, but at Sundance, like, like half an hour after she arrived, she cracked her head open, <gasps> slipping on ice. Oh, no. Yeah, she had 35 stitches. She had to go stitches. to the hospital? Oh, 35 shit. 35 stitches on her forehead. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, so she was just like, um, I don't know, I'm just kind of like wandering around Utah. I'm not totally sure where I am, but uh, my movie I made. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, that sucks. Well, I'm, I'm glad she, I mean, I assume she's recovered. Yeah. Um, I'm glad she's okay. I mean, she spent the rest of the time at Sunset. <laughs> Shit, okay. Yeah, yeah. Any All other right, final can, thoughts from you? No, it's just so fucking cool. It's the coolest fucking movie I've seen in a long time. Like, it's just genuinely cool. It's a great cool. vampire like, it's, movie. It's, it's that effortless kind of cool that took so much effort to make, you know? Yep. Like, I, I do think she's very carpentery. Mm-hmm. Like, Carpenter just makes cool shit that feels like he wasn't trying, but you can just see it everywhere, you know? Yeah. Like, you can see how much effort and how much love was put into this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love her approach to filmmaking, even though it's a little sad. She says she makes films because she gets lonely. Oh. So she makes little pocket families with the uh, cast and crew. Oh, damn. That is yeah. so sad. It is, but I also kind of love it, you know? I, yeah. It, it's, it's it is cute. sad, but yeah. So yeah, I think I just am going to be... I, I'm going to watch everything she ever made and will make. That's... She's just... She's she's already up there. Just but on the strength of this, she is up there for me. I think that's a good note to uh, to uh, end on. Then. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty high praise, and I don't disagree. So you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we are at www.horrorbabespod.com. That is accurate. We do have a website. Yes, we do. Um, I don't know if those are outdated, but we have one. <laughs> um, but anyway. Do you uh, want something else fun? What? <laughs> this is dropping the first week of June. Which is when we started doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. I guess we started recording then. And we then started we making dropped. everything. Yeah. That's interesting that you remember that. I don't. I, I always remember it as like October, the first Friday of October we dropped. But, but no, we had a four month ramp up. Well, look at us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> anyway, guys, stay safe out there. We love you. Give us a rating or review if you feel so inclined on iTunes. Tell your friends, uh, tell your family, all of that stuff. Uh, Till next time. Bye, Bye, babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe.
やべ。